I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. What's up, everybody? I know usually we don't hang out and chat on Sundays, but I am here. And today we are talking all things Coachella, you all. This was my first year going and it was so much fun, like uh, Blink-182, phenomenal. Sorry to the Frank Ocean fans, I know you are waiting to see him weekend too. Um, but as a Blink stan, I was very happy. Uh, let me see where my other favorites, Lotto, Glorilla, Burna Boy, who else? Uh, so many, uh, Becky G, um, you guys, it was so cool. It was deathly hot, obviously, because it's in the desert. But it was such a fun experience that I cannot wait to go back. I hope they invite me back next year. But you all, we're here to talk about the cool activations that are always there. Um, a really cool one that I liked was Case Defies was there. They had a really cool setup where they had like uh, themed cases that were Coachella themed that you could only get there. So if you wanted to be like, oh yeah, I really went to Coachella. Can't you tell by my phone case? You could <laughs> you could get it there, which is really cool. Um, and they had chargers and many a times, um, various points of the weekend, I would go in there just to hang out and charge my phone. So I'm really glad they were there. But there are also a lot of other cool activations, but I don't know. I'm one of those that always like sees activations at music festivals and things. And I'm like, how did they get here? And why are they here? And are they getting their ROI? And just like, I don't know. I go down a rabbit hole of thoughts. So today I am bringing on somebody who was really cool, really incredible. Dustin Califf, who was the president of Tool, which was um, one of the creative partners behind um, Coke Studios activation that they had there with the cool digital pop star Yami and you all. It was so cool. It was like a 360 stage where they used like AR and it was interactive and um it was just so cool. Like my mind like going like I'm thinking about it again and my mind just could not comprehend like how cool and tech savvy it all was. Um so Destin here is um here with us today to break it all down, explain how it came together, what it was like working with Coke Studios and bring everything um, to fruition and just the role they played in it. So if you're ready to talk about music, Coachella, activations in general, Coke, all the above, you've come to the right place. So grab a seat, grab a snack, go for a walk, I don't know, (laughs) and let's get into today's episode. And Dustin, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing awesome, Colin. Super happy to be here. Alrighty, so before we get into all the details with everything that's going on, we always like to ask the question, um, what the term a young influential means to you? 
I mean, the Kardashians, duh. <laughs> Wait. Best answer. <laughs> I, I, I mean, listen, obviously they're they are one one type of probably the most famous influencers out there. But, I, you know, if you were to really ask me, though, and I'm being serious, it would be at its core just the ability to change people's behavior. Like that's how I would define it. And that could be through somebody who's a storyteller. That could be someone who's, you know, an innovator. And for me, I, I, I live in the world of innovation. So it's typically people who are able to change people's behavior through trying new things, trying new technology. And that's, that's at least for me, when I think of, of influencers and, and how someone can be influential is ultimately just changing someone's behavior. Come on with that perfect answer. Um, Give him his trophy today. Um, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll be looking for it in the mail. <laughs> all right. So before we get into like all the cool stuff, like tools up to, obviously we're here to talk about Coachella and all that stuff. Um, tell me, walk me through, like, were you a big music person growing up or like, how did your love of music come about? Um, I, I mean, I have always loved music. I'm going to, I'm a little embarrassed to have to say this, but the first ever concert I was taken to was my parents dragged me to a Pointer Sisters concert, which most people don't even know who the Pointer Sisters are anymore. An they iconic had a, band. They had, <laughs> they, yeah, they had, they, they had, and they had, they had the song Jump. And, but that was the song, that was the first concert I ever went to was the Pointer Sisters. So it all started from there. Um, but listen, I have always been someone who made mixed cassette tapes then made like mixed cd tapes mixed cds then once spotify i was one of the first people on spotify you know out there and i have tons and tons of playlists which i'm happy to share with you colin but uh i i'm the person who's always counted on in like the family or the group of friends who's like dustin's gonna put together the the playlist for you know the whatever get together we have or whatever party or just hanging out in, in in the backyard no, that we always need that friend. And I feel like you have to have that friend who can also take over the auxiliary cord for whenever everybody's like, yo, we're doing a three hour road trip. We need like constant tunes. Like you have to be, you always have to have that friend that knows like the new music mixed with the old hits, mixed with little like randoms thrown in there, you know, keep everybody on their toes. You have to have it. <laughs> you're, you're totally right. And it's it's amazing to me. Like I'm somebody who loves to have music on. At almost all times, we should have a beat going right now. I Colin. mean, I, I, I know. On. I'm like clearly, you know, I clearly forgot oh. to call Travis Barker yeah. and all of them to be like, "Yo, we need sound in the back of this episode." Like, where are you at? Totally. Like, what's going on? But, <laughs> but it's funny because there's there's some people we we have this battle at my office all the time. We have music always playing, and there are certain people who are like, "Turn it down! I can't work with like that. I can't work with any sort of background music." and it's funny just to see the dichotomy of people. You know, most of us love music. Some of us are like, yeah, we like it only at certain points in our in our life. No, I'm one of those two where it's like, I if I'm just like, quote unquote, working, I can play music. But if I'm like actually trying to like think of stuff, like I I can't have any sound. I have to like hear my inner monologue in my head. I have to hear myself like talk through it. But if I'm just like, you know, just joshing around, like I'll put on some like Dave Cause or smooth, other smooth jazz artists. Or if I need some creative inspo, I'll put on some like Beethoven or um, my favorite go-to is the um, Nutcracker soundtrack or Swan Lake. 
Oh, wow, look at you. You know, I, you know, I t- think, like to think of myself as a Renaissance man, you know, you know. You oh, are, sure. <laughs> okay, I want to talk about music festivals. Okay, did you, were you a big music festival person or like what was, a, like did you have a first one or what was kind of your overall like thinking of like, oh, music festivals, like that's cool. Like were you one of the easy like ones to get into it? Um. I don't know. I, I, I love going to music. The, the, the thing with me is I actually don't go to as much live music as I would like to. I'm one of those people who always has a lot of things going on and I find it hard to take myself away, which actually I kick myself about later on and go, why did I not go <laughs> see Nirvana when I could have seen Nirvana live? Why didn't I see some of these like amazing bands? Now, Coachella, I, I would say I go to music festivals now. I hate to say it more so because there's it's related to work and it's an experiential opportunity for me that our company is helping to produce something versus me going for just pure like personal reasons. But I going to a Coachella, for example, is an amazing experience on so many levels. And I'm sure you can speak to this too, Colin, since you were there, not only from the music side, but also just from the the interacting with people immersing yourselves with new types of food just you know the entire experience is just like it it, it gives you a i don't know this fresh like energy and perspective on life which i think it reminded me why not only i love music but why i should go to more music festivals i hadn't been to one in a while since going to coachella and it it reinvigorated me and i think colin you mentioned you're having you still are on kind of yeah, a high I, from leaving. Exactly. Know? No, I agree because, like, this was my first year going to Coachella, and I've done music festivals before, like ACL, like all the other types of different ones. But I feel like it's true. It's like when you're there, it's like it's a mixture of experiential, like different things. Like um, I really liked the Case Defy one at Coachella this year. That was another, like, really cool one. Um, I know Google had something. Um, Absolute did something. There were a lot of cool like, Revolve Fest, all those. But I feel like it's like such an energy because everybody's just like open to like seeing what's new or whatever. So if you're a brand or somebody there doing a big activation, I feel like people are more susceptible to be like, oh, like, what is this? Like, oh, I want to check that out. And are more willing to like see what your brand is about or like see what's going on versus, I don't know, I feel like anywhere else, everybody's kind of like, okay, cool. Why should I care? But at music festivals, we're all on this like high and we want to see like oh they're coming out with this new thing or like oh what's that everybody's just like on edge to just see what's new totally and i i think that that's that's what's amazing about um you know attending any kind of music concert but especially a music festival there's just it brings together a lot of different points in culture and that's what's fun and that's why not to get too much into the work stuff but that's why a lot of brands come to us and want to activate at music festivals or at other cultural events like South by Southwest, which is partly a music festival, but is also mm-hmm. a technical, a tech and an entertainment festival as well. And these are what makes those moments so unique because it's a, it's an amazing moment in time to connect with audiences. And speaking of all that stuff, of all the cool stuff you guys do, can you walk us through of like what tool is and like what your role is and like what all you guys do? Yeah, sure. Um, I'll, I'll I'll bust out the keynote presentation. I haven't used keynote in years. So, oh my um, gosh. But but, uh, but anyway, what I would say is, so we're a creative production partner, which means 
in the advertising world, which is where we live, there's advertising agencies and there's production companies. Advertising agencies are what, who get hired by brands that typically come up with ideas, write scripts, also do strategy. Production companies are the ones who actually get hired to make the work typically. So they're the ones getting hired to actually shoot the TV commercial or produce the event or whatever the output is. We kind of sit in between where we work with brands and with ad agencies. And we help brands ultimately either produce commercials or video content that lives online or on TV. But we also, and this is where I get most involved, we get involved with experiential work. So we create live events and activations for brands at music festivals like Coachella or at South by Southwest or San Diego Comic-Con or even just a pop-up at a mall, for example. As well, we also have a creative technology arm to our company, and that is focused on what are the latest, the, the, the most innovative uses of tech that are going to allow consumers to connect with brands in new ways. And right now, AI and also AR are two pieces of tech that are being used a lot. So to kind of sum it up, we leverage all of those different things in our arsenal to help a brand really ultimately try to connect with, we call them consumers in you know the advertising speak, but we shouldn't call them consumers. They're just people. You know, mm-hmm. How do you connect with people and get them to have a greater love for whatever the product is that you're offering? And that's ultimately what we try to do through the three different areas that I mentioned. Come on. And, yeah. And you would ask me what my role is. I'm the president at Tool. So I've, I've actually been at Tool for, I think, close to 14 years now and originally started as an executive producer. And then moved my way up to a managing director and then a managing partner and then became the president right before the pandemic. What a perfect time to become oh, president. I know. Talk about a new, cool. a new switch, a new switch it up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like, so how did, so before we get into like what the actual thing was, like, so like, how did the conversation come about for you guys to get involved? Like, did the brand approach you all? Like, how did that conversation get started? Yeah. So in this case, we were we were working with two two parties. Uh, we were working with Coke, which is, was the brand, and uh, with Virtue, which is actually an agency that's a part of uh, Vice. And they had come to us saying, "Yeah, we're looking to activate at Coachella. We have a space. Um, kind of have a <clears throat> an idea of what we want to do with this artist that happens to live more in the metaverse." can you help us figure out a way to execute on this? So in this instance, we were serving more as a production company than um, you know, helping with the, the core ideation. And so our job is to then plus up their idea and figure out what's the best way it can be executed at Coachella. And so like, was it, did you find like, it was like a hard for everybody to kind of like get on the same page? Because I feel like a lot of times when brands and stuff are trying to think about doing these activations and stuff, like you said, there's usually more than one party involved. So it takes a long time to kind of everybody to get the idea of like, okay, who's going to do what? How are we going to do it? How's it going to get executed? So was was it like a long process that you guys felt to kind of figure out like who's going to do what and kind of come up with the concept idea for it? Or do you feel like it was like a standard length amount of time? Yeah. Um, This one actually had a a limited amount of time. I think we had uh, 
five weeks to produce, oh, you know, everything. So that, that I usually joke with our clients. We're usually down for the party if they are, meaning it's going to mean late nights for us and it's going to be late nights for them because they're going to have to review things. Um, typically for a project like this, you would probably want more like, you know, at least a minimum of eight weeks, probably eight to, to 12 weeks to produce. But going back to your question about how, how are people deciding what their roles are going to be? I think we were given, a, and this is a, to a credit of the agency and um, Coke, we were given a very specific lane that they wanted us to focus on. They had an AV partner. So they had somebody who was going to actually install the LED screens and, and do that. They had come to us with the core concept of working with this metaverse artist. Our job was to say, okay, what is the absolute coolest way you can make this experience and create content for it? So our job was to create all of the graphics, create an augmented reality second screen experience, and help bring this music experience to life that's going to make Coke proud. And at the bottom line, to make attendees at Coachella go, I'm happy I waited in line for that. And that was actually cool that I got to check it out. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. No, that's so, that's so, and so when you guys are like, we're thinking like, for the example, like the, how you do like use your phone and stuff with it, like, were there different concepts and key things that you guys wanted to include to make sure it was interactive with both um, like those who are visiting in it and like kind of like really bring that bring that tie of interaction into it by like using your phone or like whose kind of idea was it to be like, hey, like if we have everybody pull out their phone and do this and kind of bring it to life, this is what's really going to make people stop and be like, whoa, wait, what is this? Like, this is so cool. Yeah, well, we definitely wanted to add a layer of, of innovation to this and and I think the, that, that layer was using your phone with a second screen augmented reality experience. As far as the process goes, usually there's like a kernel of an idea, you know, where it's like, hey, we want to use AR in some way. But the way that we want to use it, it that's where you need to, to explore all of the different um, user flows of like, wh where does it make sense? How, how is someone naturally going to want to react to this? And I think trying to think back to it, like I think at, at certain points, we, we thought about ways that people were going to interact only at the beginning, only at the end. We tested these out. Ultimately, we thought that the, the best effect was actually allowing people to uncover AR moments throughout the two-minute experience. So the way that it worked is that you walked in and 
there was a tutorial that kind of got you oriented to like, hey, hold up your phone and look for these certain icons in this huge immersive 360 kind of uh, space that we had. And then as the music and graphics were playing, these icons kind of showed up and you were able to then pull out your phone and interact and create the second screen experience all throughout the two minute um, music video. And I feel like that was a key thing too, because I feel like a lot of times whenever brands and stuff will do these like big activation type things, okay. it's kind of they're there and there's really no instructions for how they want people to interact with it or people to do stuff. So the fact that like in there, like you guys are like, oh, don't forget to pull out your phone. So I feel like that's sometimes the missing link that brands don't realize. They're like, I don't get it. Like we were here oh. and we had our big thing, but like people really weren't giving us the reaction we wanted or people were interacting in the way it's like, did you have somebody there that kind of explained like what yeah. you want them to do? Because yeah, you're here, you got this cool thing, you're getting the legs to walk through, but it's like, you have to have somebody there to kind of also explain to people how you want them to interact with it or what they should be getting out of it. No, you're absolutely correct. I mean, it's, it's so important. Listen, we already know that all of us for the most part walk around with our phones. So that's like a natural you know, extension of how we already operate. So we were playing into that, but our people do need to be oriented. And, and that's why we had a, a, a quick little tutorial. So the way this experience worked is there was like a one minute or I can't remember one or two minute tutorial where you kind of got oriented and then the music experience started. And just kind of to share with the audience, we've done a ton of web AR experiences. So the way this works is it's it's not a download. It's not a mobile app download. It's just using it through your browser. And what we found is at a, in real life experience, it's great. You can do that tutorial. But even when people are doing it at home for other brand experiences that we've done with Pizza Hut and we've done other things with Coke, we'll typically have like a little tutorial video at the beginning of it. And to your point, Colin, that's what helps people understand. It gives them a visual reference of like, oh, I need to hold my phone in this way to this thing. And that's what makes for a successful experience because otherwise it sounds cool, but a lot of people don't, don't do it or they get confused. Yeah. Cause I feel like I, in the past of just to reiterate some that I've done is they're like a lot of brands were like, yeah, we didn't really see like our KPL, but nobody downloaded the app that we wanted them to do or nobody really interacted with it. It's like, but did you show people like at the beginning, like you said, like, did you show them like, Hey, download this. Like you can't just have a sign when you walk into the experience being like, download this, like people aren't paying attention. They're just like, oh, cool thing. And it looks like we get something free at the end. But if you have to get that really, that touch point, you have to like have somebody there to explain like, hey, you're going to use your phone like this. You're going to do X, Y, Z. Keep it simple because they're half listening anyway. It's like you kind of have to have that mix of like short enough, but also explain like, okay, why we want you here. <laughs> exactly. So that people have the payoff. Totally. And like after, like after the fact, do you guys do like a, download with the clients to like see like hey this is what worked this is what could have been done better do you guys kind of have like that touch point after to see like what you guys want to do next year or like what could have been done better absolutely we if i'm being honest it doesn't happen on every project because not everybody wants to take the time to, to do it but i would say in the majority of times we are doing a touch base I hate this term, but a lot of times they're called a post-mortem, which is, sounds <laughs> negative. You know? But um, it's typically where, yes, we are coming in and sharing some insights to your point of here's what worked, here's what didn't work. Um, 
and, and really trying to focus more on the what are the things that we could tweak in the future to make it better. And that's where, yeah, all of us, and we hope that, for example, this one is going to continue to live on and maybe go to some other music festivals. Um, you know, that's one of the, the hard things with experiential and in real life is that a lot of times these are done as one-offs and from a sustainability, you know, consideration, mm-hmm. you go, Oh, geez, like we just like built this <laughs> entire thing and it's being used once and then it's being either trashed or you know, donated or whatever it's done. And and to be able to reuse something is obviously much better feeling for, you know, the work that goes into it. And do you feel like for those who are saying like, oh, like we want to definitely do an experiential, something like this at a music festival or at a festival of skill, do you feel like it's best to kind of do it in a format where it's like a controlled amount of people at one point versus like, I've seen some where it's just like, they're in an open space and it's like everybody can just like walk through versus like your guys as it was like X amount of people in at one time to do it where you guys have, can like explain to them and everybody can hear and also they can like really fully immerse in it. Cause I feel like the ones that are just like open in the air and everybody can just like walk through. It's like, you're just getting legs through. You're not really getting much of an interaction. Yeah, no, it's a good point. I mean, there's a lot of factors that go into it, obviously, Colin, like how much, what's the ultimate throughput that you want, but also, yeah, what is that um, one-to-one kind of connection that you want to have? And usually that is a, that's a very experiential term that comes up in a lot of our briefs. Do we want the the one-to-one or the one-to-many kind of interaction with the audience? And um, we've found that obviously the more personalization we can have with people, the deeper of a, of a positive, you know, response they're going to have to whatever brand or experience that we've created for them. Um, I don't know. There's not, there's not like a, a super, you know, perfect trick for doing it one way or the other. It, 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 again, it ultimately goes back to throughput and what you're trying to achieve. And uh, I think that most of the experiences we do are not just open world experiences where you can just kind of walk in and mm-hmm. kind of do your thing. It's usually guided in some in some way, and that's what makes it um, have hopefully the effect that you know our clients are looking for. And like for people who are people who are listening, like agencies and whatnot, are like, oh, like we want to work with somebody like Tool or whatever to do something at a music festival or uh, or something else outside of that. Do you have advice for them, like what they should? come to you all first, like in terms of like with an idea of like before they even get started, do, should they have like a, say like a set list of goals that they want to do to approach you, uh, a team like you all for wanting to do something on scale like that? Yeah. I mean, listen, I think any agency or brand that's looking to um, create any type of event, I mean, I would also, I would say first and foremost, you should have a cultural strategy. And, and this is something that, I think a lot of brands are coming around to, which is, you know, you have your brand strategy, but then how do you layer a a level of cultural strategy on top of that to have a criteria to evaluate is going to Coachella the right thing to do is going to the Super Bowl is even being a part of culture. Is your brand ready to like connect in that way in, in, in key cultural moments? So I think it starts with that. And then you can start layering in, okay, now I want to activate at these events. And then that's where, at least for me, the fun begins, because then you can start going, okay, now what is the creative going to be that we're going to develop 
to create that. And in order for a company like ourselves to even be able to ideate on what that is, I do need to know, yes, I want to go to Coachella and we already have like a space there, you know, that's roughly X amount, you know, size big, it's a footprint. And then I need to understand, yeah, what are your goals? What are you trying to communicate? You know, is there a specific product that you are trying to launch there? Is this just a pure like brand awareness play? Is it, are you trying to connect with the music audience? And then from there, we can come back with all sorts of cool ideas. And that's usually kind of the criteria. I hate to say the last piece that's usually important for anyone who's going to do this is understanding budget. You know, that's, that's, that's one of the ones that I know nobody ever likes to talk about. And I can't tell you how many times we get the, well, just dream it up and we'll see what we can come up with. And I would say, yeah, nine out of 10 times, they normally don't have that budget, but um, the more a, a, a parameter can be given, that's super duper helpful. And you, you know what I'm talking about. Right? <laughs> Cause I yeah. feel like, I feel like that's true. Like a lot of times like brands will be like, yeah, like we just, we want to be at Coachella or Lollapalooza because that's where like Gen Z and the young people are. It's like, okay, but like, are you just trying to raise brand awareness? Are you trying to launch a new part? Like, why do you, why, like you said, why do you want to be there? What, why does this make sense for you? Like, what's your, what's going to be your ROI at the end of it? Like, why do you, what do you need to be here for? And I feel like a lot of times, like, they don't think of that. No, absolutely. <laughs> and can you, and can you even show up there and, and show up in a, Somewhat and mostly an authentic way, you know, because if you show up and and it's just you're a fish out of water, then you've done yourself a huge disservice because you're actually you just spent a lot of money and time to show up, and you're going to have a negative reaction from the audience. And like the coke thing that we did, it 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 seemed to connect because it was obviously tying into music, and there was uh, artists that we were featuring that you could never experience anywhere. This was her first, you know, like in-person experience at Coachella. And it was the only way she, she, she could show up there was, was through this partnership with Coke. She wasn't going to go perform on the main Coachella <laughs> stage, you know? I mean, honestly, she could have. I mean, her song, yeah. it was a hit. I mean. <laughs> yeah. It was. Well, you know, what's crazy. Just talking about the tech side, something that we added to the experience, which I don't know if you got to, to try out when you were there, Colin, is talking about innovation. One of the things that I, I would say to any you know, brand or agency is don't be afraid of continuing to iterate once you're actually live in an event. And so we had that experience going at, at Coachella, but our creative tech team, there was a feature that they wanted to add, which would allow you to, to take the, the, the main artist, Yemi, and actually place her in augmented reality over the stages that were performed oh, the other whoa. stages of Coachella. And what we ended up doing is during between week one and week two, we added this feature using this creative technology called sky segmentation that allowed you to place her through your phone and you could actually see her literally dancing in the horizon to Blink 182, to, you know, so gorillas. Cool. And you could do it on any stage at Coachella. And that was like a fun little addition that got added, you know after the fact, but it was still done before week two. So anyway, just sharing, you know, an example of like trying to figure something out that you can do while you're on site. 
Oh, that's so cool. And that's true that also, like, lets people, like, continues that awareness or that whatever outside of it. Because I feel like a lot of times, like, after after people do, like, whatever the thing is, they're like, oh, I experienced this really cool thing. I forgot what it was. Um, but, like, doing something like that, they're like, oh, yeah, like, I have it right here where I can show you guys. And then that continues that whole word of mouth thing or it continues to show people, like, oh, cool, like, this cool technology thing. Like, you can even use it out here, too. Like, I want you all to see what I experienced. And then it, like, continues on that way, which is so cool. Exactly. So I think there's that's, and yeah, what was fun is, you know, ultimately then, yeah, you could be taking screenshots of like this, this artist, you know, right above the horizon <laughs> with all these super famous, you know, musicians that have, that have come together for a huge show at, at Coachella. That's so dope. And speaking of which, like, for my like fun last one, like, is there any music festival or conference or fan fester that you guys would love to like work with or do something at and if you could like what would it be so now you're asking me for the dream event <laughs> that i would want to activate at um i don't know we've activated there before and this this is just because i'm a huge sports fan as well i would love to do it again at the super bowl Come um on. i just i it's it, it is one of the biggest moments with with you know with brands so i would love to do something there um you know it's from a music perspective i mean i'd love to do coachella again uh i also would i also think that south by southwest is a super you know interesting moment just a combination between so many different things and and that's another fun place listen colin i want to activate any event, <laughs> give it to me, and, I'll, and and I'd love to do something there. So you tell me. And I was like, and give him a budget that works, people, not like two dollars. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Just give me a big budget. Just give me a cool opportunity, and any event, and we'll show up there. We'll be very happy. I'm trying to think, what one would I do? I feel like I feel like yeah, I'd, I'd want to do something at I'd want to do something at Coachella South by. Uh, what are some other? I feel like. I, I haven't been to Lollapalooza, so I feel like that's something I would want to, like, do something at. Like, I haven't done yeah. that. And if I could go back in time, I'd want to do something at Woodstock. There you go. I like that, going back <laughs> yeah, in I was time. Like, if, I could, if that was an option, like, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll tell you another one that I think is is Art Basel. You oh, know, yeah, so yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Interesting, just, like, cultural moment. We have actually not had an opportunity to to activate there. We've had many talks about doing things, but I, it, that that one I think it, it would be an interesting one. All right, Basil, you need to call him. Like, call him now. Yes, when exactly. you're, when you're listening, call him. I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. Whoever's out there listening. Uh, well, Dustin, thank you so much for coming and joining us today, chatting it up. We always love having you here, and we hope to see you at Coachella again next year. We're putting it out there. We're manifesting. We're putting it out there. You're going to be back. Oh, Colin, I'm ready to go. We, 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 let's, let's, let's hang again. I mean, hopefully you're out there. What I want to put a question to you is, so what is going to be the name of this, this podcast? I see that you always have like fun, creative, like some punny names. Any thoughts? Oh, dang. I didn't even think of that. Um, I don't know. I feel like I need to use something with the word tool. And it, I got to, I got to, I got to use my Spotify and find some names. You know, because you're you're going straight to Chat GPT. Yeah, I'm gonna be like, like, like Chat GPT. What's a cool, t- <laughs> what's a cool <laughs> title for this? So, but right I was like, you challenged me, so you know, I'm gonna find something creative. Maybe it'll be a pointed sister song. Who knows? Who knows? 
Let's see. I, I, I can't wait. Well, Colin, thank you for, uh, for having me and uh, always love listening to your podcast and keep doing your thing. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. How great was this episode? If you were like me, you probably took a lot of notes and have a lot of questions and comments. So if you do, feel free to add us at Adweek across Twitter, Instagram, all the social medias. And we'd love to hear from you all. And feel free to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. That always helps us. And we can't wait to hear from you all and see you in the next episode. So bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Young Influentials, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and ACAST Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Al Manorino, executive produced by Chris Aarons, and edited by Lane McGibney at Bountwell Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcast. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com.